So this morning I'd like to start with a, a guided meditation on that which knows the four foundations of mindfulness arising and ceasing. So basically there is the four foundations of body, feelings, mind states and mind objects. And all of those, they are all impermanent and unsatisfactory and we can't call them me or mine, they are not self. And there's something else, it's not a thing actually, but it, all of that can be known. And this morning I'd like to guide us in a way to become aware of that which knows the foundations to arise and cease, when to be unsatisfactory and to not be a self. And in the forest tradition, that's uh, called the one who knows. Or in the Thai language, Puru, the one who knows. Or we, we can call it, I think it's a bit misleading actually, because it can become just another object of identification. That's the one who knows, that's what I am. But it's much better to actually... Uh, refer to it, point at it as calling it knowing or awareness. And, and we can't really speak about it because it's beyond language. It's that which cannot be named, but it can rather be expressed in terms of saying what it is not. So it's not the four foundations of mindfulness, but it is that which knows the four foundations of mindfulness to arise and cease. And we can never really hold this as an object, but we can be it by just not contracting around any object, but just resting in, in awareness itself. Then we are that, because we can't know it, and we can't, uh, because it can't be ob objectified, because it's that which does no objects to be arising and ceasing. It sounds all very complicated and there have been million books written on it. But actually it's very, very, it's very simple. It's so simple that it's very difficult to communicate it because of that. Because, you know, in our cultures only that which is complicated and difficult is, is worth anything. So <laughs> that's why it is so, um, there have been so many books written about it and still. It's hard to follow it, but it's like pointing at the moon, you know, if you don't look, you won't see the moon. So, this meditation is the same, it's just like pointing at that quality, which we can call awareness, or the one who knows, or primordial consciousness, or God, if you want. There's many, many different words in all cultures, but it's where all religions meet, all religions meet in that. In, in the mysticism of uh, just being that which cannot be named, which is beyond language. But it can be experienced individually, but otherwise, after another mind is really entirely and completely fed up with objects, not any more interested, at least for a certain amount of time, to contract around an object and find some safety there. Because that just doesn't really work. But you know, we can't manipulate the mind into letting go of that, but rather showing to the mind the futility of that endeavor. 
until it gets really utterly and completely fed up for some time or maybe permanently, you know, which enlightenment is a complete fed upness with objects, really. <laughs> and that can only be, uh, you know, that can only be cultivated through not trying to manipulate the mind into letting go, but just showing the mind what's really going on, like teaching a child, you know. Not trying to, because if you, if you lie to a child, it will know, you know. If you just try to have an easy, um, you know, to quickly make it follow what you say, it, it won't really go deep enough. But to just kind of again and again come back and show what is going, what's really going on, what are we trying to take refuge in, it just cannot work. Because it's all arising and ceasing, it's all unsatisfactory, it all is not a self, it cannot be called me or mine because it's not in, we are not in control. And then, you know, through that repetition of looking at the way things are, disenchantment sets in and culminating in, in realization of what we really are, which is awareness itself. And, you know, this is not something you necessarily understand intellectually when I'm saying it now. It took me years to understand what I'm saying now. Uh, even I have read it and everything. It took me year, 20 years or so. So I just, uh, it's an ongoing uh, project. And we have to just put in the time and the effort, otherwise it's not going to happen. But it doesn't really matter anyway, because it's going to happen by itself if you just don't stop uh, looking. Because I think it's exactly that which brought you here in the first place, because you could do many other things at this time around the new year, and you've you know, already fed up enough to come here. So if you just keep on going that way, you're going to realize, I just, we just don't know when, you're not depending on, on karma. So, but you're already on the right track, so that's good enough, I think. And also, I don't want to say that I have realized it, I just, I understand it now, you know, intellectually what I'm saying, good enough so I can teach it, and I have a certain amount of experience, but I, I have not realized it, so, just to make that clear. But it's always like that, you know, first it's an intellectual understanding, then slowly it becomes experiential, and then, you know, through keep on going, it will become an intuitive knowing which becomes part of your being, and then you can, you can uh, live from that depth of uh, understanding. So, find a posture you can sustain for... Um, 40 minutes. And just come, as usual, come into the body. Just bringing the mind and the body together. First foundation of mindfulness. It's just like learning to play the piano in the beginning and we have to sing every note. And, and then at when we have really deeply learned it, we can improvise, you know, that's, that's just the progression. Anything which we learn, any worldly skills, meditation, and it's all the, it's all the same um, 
progression. To have just the, just the patience and to put in to put in the time and and the effort, and and to have a certain kind of amount of guidance. There's exceptional beings and who can do that without guidance, but you know if you can have guidance, why not uh, take advantage of it? It might save you time. Just first getting to know what we are not by observing the four foundations and then starting to have more confidence to rest into that which knows the foundations to be arising and ceasing. That's simply what it is. It's just like you know, being completely immersed in experience and stepping progressively back from that immersion and and looking at it. And through that the seven factors of enlightenment they become you know more and more strengthened and culminating in, in upeka, in equanimity, which is overlooking the big picture. Seeing it all in, in context. Seeing that we are not separate entities, but we are part of a process which, which we can call the universe. Or interbeing, like Thich Nhat Hanh calls it, is a very beautiful way of looking at it, interbeing. So in this kind of meditation, what we are doing today is first we, like usual, just giving a bit of time to still the mind by just taking one object. In our case today, just let's take the body, breathing, just arriving, anchoring ourselves in the present moment for a few minutes. This is a deliberate, you know, um, exclusion of everything else and just focusing on, on the body as an anchor.
because our minds, they are conditioned since yeah, lifetimes, or at least since, since we are born this life, to just constantly contract around objects. That's what the thinking mind is all about, you know, contracting around the object and then chuckling those objects and thinking, planning, doing fantasizing, doing all kinds of um, things in order to kind of arrange the chairs on the deck of the Titanic to make it okay. And it has its place, of course, because we are, you know, conventional human beings living in a conventional world and that's like the Titanic, basically. And we have to deal with it. This is our, you know, this is our sharpening stone for getting to know ourselves, our patterns. and cultivating good qualities and uh, renouncing unwholesome qualities. It's not just a waste of time, it's a very important <coughs> part of, of the endeavor of, of the progression of um, <coughs> consciousness over, over lifetimes the different realms, you know, this consciousness takes birth in in order to grow and, and to receive the challenging it needs in order to open up more and more to reality. This lovely sentence, you know, in escaping into reality rather than from reality by turning towards what we're experiencing, not running away from it. So when you know, we have come in reasonable balance, then we just can let go of the object of meditation, in our case the body breathing, and we can turn towards listening to the space, listening to the silence. That's a, a skillful means, you know, in order to become conscious of awareness, in order to become mindful of awareness, or aware of awareness itself. Because it can't be really explained. We can only take um, pointers and listening to the silence Listening to the space, listening to stillness is, is a way how we can express it in, in, in dual language. Or our teacher, whether he called it, uh, listening to the sound of silence. The silence, you know, which doesn't end at the walls of this room, but the silence which goes on, limitless, in all directions. Just take that in that image as a, an opener for the mind, to let go of all contractions, just for a moment. 
And then whenever the mind comes back to contract around any object, because it doesn't feel safe that way, just as soon as you notice the contraction, come back. And again opening to the silence, the stillness, through listening. Just interrupt the normal process of contracting around an object and then interpreting it according to past experience. Just let go of all objects and abide in the vastness of awareness itself, which is constantly expanding. Like our universe, scientifically been proven that it is, since the Big Bang it has been expanding and it still is. We're still in that momentum which started almost 14 billion years ago. It's a huge process. It just boggles the mind into giving up because it can't be understood. We can only approximate by looking deeply into the process of awareness. Sometimes it's also you know, compared to the ocean and the waves on the top of the ocean. That's the four foundations are the waves on the top. And that which knows is in the depths, it's unmoving. Thousand meters below the surface there's very different quality than on the top. Just settling into that. Or sometimes it's compared to the sky, the clear sky, where clouds are moving through. Even though know, the whole sky is covered with clouds, behind the clouds the sky is always there, even if we can't see it sometimes, because we're completely distracted by the clouds, identified with the clouds. Another comparison is water and ice. Water which is just without shape. And then it can freeze, you know, into different <coughs> patterns. But once it's dissolved, it's just the same. So all of those phenomena arising and ceasing, essentially they're the same. 
the awareness, but it's frozen into different shapes and forms. But if he, any form, if you look deeply into any form, <coughs> turns out to be impermanent, unsatisfactory, and can't be called me or mine because of that. then slowly the paradox of human existence starts to starts to be seen as like both at the same time like the two sides of a coin All of those objects, they do exist, but not in the way we think. They don't exist as separate entities, but rather they are part of a vast process which we call universe or life. And they can be known for what they are. So the whole process becomes more fluid and identification doesn't find any more the same fundamental building blocks which an unreflective mind tends to attach to. just becomes more and more what Ajahn Bodhi said yesterday, it becomes more like a dream. And depending if the mind is relaxed, we are more aware of the dream-like quality. If we really kind of have strong emotions, then we can totally identify and convince that's all true. just tuning into that truth. Gently. We can't hammer that into anybody. It's just just looking, just listening.
once we cleanse that we will never forget it it's like making you know if there's a whale in front of our eyes we just every time we glimpse it we make a hole in that whale just pierce it again and again and again until it's just going to collapse disintegrate but the first hole is the first hole It's not the same as no, never seen. It's an insight. Whenever you notice the mind contracts around any object, sound, sight, thought, touch, smell. Whenever we notice it, we just gently come back to listening to the silence, the spaciousness, the stillness which doesn't end at the walls of the room. And then also if you feel the awkwardness of how it feels if you're not contracted around an object like you're used to, like every human being. This kind of a new experience to the mind. You have to train the mind to realize its true nature. It's gotten completely sidetracked into objects and objects and objects all over again and again, constantly, never stopping, never resting, only in deep sleep. Which some people can't even do that anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> 
And yesterday at the end, you know, of our mm-hmm. New Year's ceremony, mm-hmm. when we were chanting the Gate, Gate, Bara, Gate, Bara, Sam, Gate, Bodhiswaha, this uh, mantra points at the letting go of going beyond all objects, resting in awareness itself, also called the mother of all Buddhas, the womb out of which realization is born. And in our Vihara in the Sunset District and Aloka Vihara we have a artistic depiction of that mother of all Buddhas, the Prajnaparamita, the perfection of wisdom. Just as a, as a reminder. The composure and the beauty and the uh, excellence, you know, which is born out of resting in our true nature. at an age where rational thought has been you know, has been uh, realized as, as not effective enough to deal with the situation any longer on this planet. It has to be balanced with something entirely beyond that. like the balance between male and female, yin and yang, rational and intuitive. Coming back to a balance where uh, Acknowledging that we have gone off balance. Come back to the middle by respecting both the male and the female, the rational and the intuitive.
and developing this, this fluency to be able to go between bows. If there's a need to sink, we sink, and if there's no need to sink, we, we rest. That would be the ideal. So that sinking can be empowered through the clarity and um, confidence which comes from resting in awareness. Then the sinking will be really powerful and innovative and creative. Not repeating the past again and again. Just feel the impulse of the mind to always want to contract around an object and then follow with a story. Just become aware of that. It's completely normal, but it's not all there is. There's more than that. It's just <coughs> that we have been overemphasizing one side of. demand. It's just because of the paradigm we are living in. That's just how it has been. And now it's slowly becoming apparent that what it has created for us. <coughs> Now there's a sense of urgency slowly arising. It's a good thing. Otherwise, you know, if there wouldn't be impending 
crisis. We wouldn't wake up to what, what's actually happening. like giving birth to something new and it's painful, the birth process. It's dangerous. But once it has started, nobody can stop it. This is why samsara is, is a learning ground. It's not here to just, you know, have what you want in, in, in the small picture. It's, it's a learning ground. And it's perfect in that way. A perfect balance between pleasure and pain. And I'd just like to end with a quote from Albert Einstein. He says, The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. So the teaching of the Buddha is all about just we remember that gift by getting to know the servant really well first, getting understanding about the servant and then turning towards the gift that which knows the servant to be what it is, <clears throat> impermanent, unsatisfactory, and can't be called me or man. It's just what it is.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.